The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In today's economic climate, it's very hard to know what to do with your money. Every financial move is a choice. Sometimes they are good choices, and you will reap the rewards of success. Sometimes there are bad choices, which can leave you in financial ruin if you make too many. Welcome to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. Our program will help you to make the good choices and avoid the bad. Now, here is Gordon Bennett. Good afternoon, or good morning, where you happen to be. This is Gordon Bennett. Welcome to Money, Jobs, Health, and the Other Issues of Life. Your host is with Pat, and today we're going to talk about some more of the fundamentals of finance after we reviewed what we covered several weeks ago. It's always worthwhile going over the basics again, because sometimes we forget them or we want to write them down. So in the beginning segment, we're just going to review some of the uh, fundamentals of finance. And with me today is Pat Blyle. She is a professor at the university, and uh, we'll interact on some of these uh, fundamentals of finance. I believe that most of the books I've read have a lot about motivation. They have a lot about techniques, but all of them have the fundamentals, and that's what I try to focus on, the fundamentals. What do we have as the first fundamental? It is you've got to want to do it. Pat, what is your thought on that? Um, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me here with you today. Um, it's great to talk about some of these basics of things. Um, <clears throat> anytime you're trying to change something that you do, you're trying to establish a new habit, the most important thing and sometimes the hardest thing is deciding to do it. And whether that's about finance or whether it's about going back to school, you know, my students um, are in an MBA program here and uh, they've been going along. Maybe they've been happy with their career progression, maybe not. And at some point they decide they want to invest more in um, their own education. They want to make a career move. But the first thing is they have to decide they want to do it. And often that's the hardest step because it means you have to make changes. Yeah, I know that uh, habits are nasty things. If we form good habits, they used to say uh, practice makes perfect. No, practice makes permanent. So we have to practice our good habits. And while it's easier to have good habits from the beginning, it is better to uh, is changing those habits. If you end up getting bad habits early on, it is really, really hard. Uh, whether you want to exercise, whether you want to lose weight, whether you want to do something different with your money, until you are so in a mindset that you have to change something, you just simply aren't going to do it. So once you're going to do it, 
once you decide what the goal is, you've got to set some goals. And how important is goal setting? Uh, goals are uh, are obviously a very very important thing about trying to establish any any new habit to make any change or even just to um, you know progress through life. If you don't have a goal, you tend to wander aimlessly, and you're never really going to make any progress. And if you are, you even really can't measure it. One of the things, uh, sort of classical statements about goals is that it helps to organize work. It helps to organize effort, um, and therefore it helps to make better decisions. So, yes, I am very, I am very fond of the expression that was made on May twenty fifth, nineteen fifty six, and John F. Kennedy got in up in front of the Joint Congress session and said, "We are going to land a man." on the moon by the end of this decade and return him safely to earth that had all of the elements of a strategic vision or a goal it was specific it was when and how you would measure it and we have to do exactly the same kind of things yeah i really love that example because it does have all of those elements in it and so, you know, back to what I, I was saying about helping you make decisions and organizing your work, um, let's say that that was your goal. You wanted to go to the moon, but, you know, some great opportunity came up and it's like, well, we could go over here and do this thing about Mars exploration. Well, it helps you come back and say, hmm, nope, we said we were going to go to the moon. We weren't going to go to Mars. So it's easy to say, okay, we're not going to do that, and therefore you're you're keeping yourself from being distracted. So whether it's getting to the moon or um, getting your finances in order or going back to school, um, it, it helps you stay on track. Yeah, all of us are what I call resource-bound. We've only got 24 hours in a day. We only have so much money. We can do anything we want to do, but we can't do everything we want to do. And until we put down our goals, uh, the allocation of those resources is sometimes scattered. And we wonder where the time went. We wonder where the money went. I like to uh, organize goals into three separate categories. And I th- there can be more. But the three categories I do is first you sit down and think of everything. But then you sort them into three piles. Things I want to acquire. Stuff. Do I want a new camera? Do I want a quad? Do I want a boat? Stuff that you want to acquire. The second kind is experiences you want to have. Do I want to see the leaves in New England? Do I want to go to the bottom of the Grand Canyon? Do I want to go to Europe? All of those are experiences. And the third thing is I organize to wealth I want to accumulate. I want to have a million dollars before I retire, or I want to have enough money to put my kids through college. So if you organize your uh, goals and subsets, it's a lot easier to talk about them. Now, how should you arrange them in the uh, time frame? Well, you've got to have, you know, I think short-term goals and then longer-term goals because I think a lot of us tend to see – you know, the future kind of in two ways. Either, oh, it's way out there, I'll get to that eventually, or that's all you're focused on and it's hard to stick to, um, you know, working towards a goal where you don't get any short-term gratification. 
So yeah, if you I, can so if you can look at, you know, what are some some goals that I'd like to achieve within the next year and then um within five years and then beyond that. I mean, if you, again, you know, bring it back to something else maybe we've all struggled with, and that's weight loss. You might get out and say, I want to lose 50 pounds, but it's a whole lot easier to stick to that plan and establish that plan by saying, this week, I'd like to lose one pound and doing it in small pieces. And the same thing is true with vacations. Maybe this weekend I want to go out in the county and see the fall leaves, but maybe in five years I want to go to Europe for a month. So you can put those things in balance. You've got to reward yourself for success as you go. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because if you don't reward your, yourself for, um, you know, some, some smaller, shorter-term goals, again, you're not going to stick to it because let's face it, you know, back to, to point number one, doing it and establishing, you know, a new habit is really hard sometimes. You're going to be making some big changes that may be uncomfortable, and to be honest, you really don't want to have to do because you were kind of happy the way things were except that you were running out of money all the time. Yeah. So we'll leave goals there and just simply say this. If you are going to manage your money properly, whatever that means, you first of all have to want to change what you're doing. The second thing, you've got to set some goals because you can't manage your money uh, day to day and expect to reach your long-term goals. The third thing I've got as a fundamental of money management is educate yourself. Comment on that. Oh, well, you know, I'm all about that. As a professor in an an MBA program at a university, education is very near and dear to my heart. Um, But let's face it, we can't know everything about everything. And when we're starting out on a new venture, when we're thinking about making a change, I think you really have to do a little bit of research, find out about Maybe the different options that are out there, um, what's available to you, and, and really find out maybe what's going to work best for you. So you need to take that time. It's like investing in yourself. You know, we're, we're an important asset, and we need to make sure that we really know what we're doing, and we're not just trusting to someone else and hoping that they're making the right decisions for us. You know... I have heard so many times, oh, I'm not a numbers person or I'm not a money person. Let's face it, unless you become a money person, somebody else will make all those decisions for you or you'll just do it willy-nilly. And I think that it is really easy to educate yourself. There are so many resources. There are places to turn on the Internet. There are books. And just say, look, I put myself through school or I've gone through school. I spent the first 16 years of my life learning things. And the rest of my life for money, I better learn how to use it or somebody's going to take advantage of me. Uh, Risk tolerance is another thing. You've got to educate yourself about your own personal risk. Comment on that. Yeah, obviously part of of the education process is is knowing – um, you know, again, what the issues are and make, being able to evaluate the advice that somebody's giving you. But you also have to know yourself. How comfortable are you with um, making an investment that's not very secure? Yeah, there's this, we'll talk about investments. There may be um, a big payoff, but there's also a big risk. There's a chance that you could lose it all. Are you comfortable with that? Is that okay for you? For some people, it would be, and for others, it's not. So you need to understand yourself. You need to spend some time 
thinking about those things. And that thinking even, again, plays in, into like with the goal setting. What's important to you? What do you value? What do you, you know, what are you willing to give up and what are you not willing to compromise on? Yeah. So we've got three things. You got to want to do it. You got to set goals and you got to educate yourself. Now comes the big one. Pay yourself first. Goal four, pay yourself first. I have lots of people tell me they can't afford to save because they run out of money before they run out of money. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Boy, isn't that true? And I think everybody, um, you know, can relate to that because let's face it, you know, if you're really most people who are interested in trying to get their finances in order are, are, you know, driven to do that because they're in the situation that you just talked about. They run out of money before they run out of month. Kind of a cute saying, but, but very true. But it's amazing how you really, if you pay yourself first, if you set that money aside, you're not going to miss it. I remember when I had my first big job after I graduated from college, and that employer um, offered a 401k, and I hadn't been participating in it. Well, then somebody came along and said, how can you not? Look what you're giving up. I said, I don't have the money to put into that. I can barely make it through the month. But when I finally took the big, you know, the big leap and I said, okay, I'm going to let my employer deduct this money from my paycheck, I never knew that it was there. And when I ended up leaving that company, you know, I think maybe I had, I don't know, four or $500,000 that I would not have had otherwise. You just don't miss it. I will end the segment with this. You have been listening to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Kinds of Life. And I am your host, Gordon Bennett, with our guest, Patricia. We'll be right back after the break. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel or listen on demand to our archived shows. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, 
back to the program. Good afternoon again. This is Gordon Bennett, your host of Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Issues of Life. I was chastised at the break for maybe saying the name of the show wrong because we used to call this Path to Financial Freedom. But so for clarification, this is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Issues of Life. And I am your host, Gordon Bennett. And with me here is, she said I could call her Dr. Pat, um, to comment on some of the things that we are going to talk about. We have spent the first segment reviewing the first four fundamentals, which were you got to want to do it, you got to educate yourself, you got to set goals, and you got to pay yourself first. And we ended with you got to pay yourself first. My comments on paying yourself first. If you pay yourself first, after all, you worked for it, you'll never miss it. You've got to pay yourself first. The story I tell about that, there's a plumber in our uh, front yard working on the sump pump. And by the way, plumbers make a lot of money these days. Um, And he said he had a very simple money system. He takes his paycheck, he cuts it in half. He saves half and he spends half. That's real simple for him. He's been doing that for years and years, and he's going to have a better house than I have. So we're going to go ahead to the fifth one. Are you going to have any more to say on any of the first four, Pat? No, let me Doctor. just – one other comment that I wanted to make on pay yourself first. And, um, you know, that, that gentleman is really extraordinary that he's able to save 50% of his paycheck. I know that for most people that seems like, yeah, in my wildest dreams. But you have to start somewhere. So, you know, whatever it is, again, if we go back to the first point, it's about making a new habit. So if you have the opportunity through your employer to have money taken out of your paycheck through a 401k or something similar to that, just do it. Sign up for just a couple percentage um, deduction, uh, maybe not the whole uh, amount. Eventually, you want to get there because when we talk about investments, you'll see why that's important. But but find a way to do that. And if you don't, if you're self-employed, um, you know, if you're a student or whatever, find a way through maybe your bank to um, to have money taken out of your checking account maybe monthly again and set aside. And it's that idea of the first part being set aside and then you live on the rest and you'll never miss it. I think that's very true. And I was just sitting here thinking, uh, we had a mutual friend called Gidget. You remember Gidget's son mowed lawns and took care of animals and things. And her mother, or uh, the boy's mother, Gidget, made him set aside part of everything he earned for the future. And that's a good way to start. Start very early. Yeah, so you, you on, establish that habit when you're young. You, you're probably not going to be in the, the position that a lot of us are later in life. And the other thing that happens is you save some money. You don't want to spend it because it was so hard to save. Right. <laughs> it, it helps with everything. The fundamental number five, another big one, get out of debt and stay out of debt. You know, I read a book and I, I didn't read it when it was first published because it was published before my time. But in 1926, George Klassen wrote a book, The Richest Man in Babylon. And one of his principles there was get out of and stay out of debt. There is much I could say about that, but I think the very first thing to do is having an emergency fund so you can stop getting deeper in debt. Come out on the emergency fund, will you? Yeah, and let me, let me also add another one in there. Um, the first thing, actually, I think is you've got to stop spending Whatever it is that you're doing that's getting you into debt, you got to stop that 
because be, unless you do, everything, you know, other little things that you're doing to pay off that debt, the debt is just growing at the same time. So you have to stop spending. But part of that is having an emergency fund set aside for those little things that just happen in life, whether it's, you know, driving down the road and, you know, getting a flat tire and now you have to have the flat tire fixed and you don't have the money in your wallet to pay for it, so you put it on the credit card. Or we've had a number of things happen this year. You mentioned the sump pump. Well, you know, it was that, and, and it was uh, um, hot water control on the shower that wasn't working. Got to call in the plumber, have that fixed. Or maybe you can do it yourself. You still have to buy the parts. All those little things that you hadn't budgeted for, you hadn't planned for, they come up. And if you don't have an emergency fund set aside, you're going to get yourself continually deeper and deeper in debt by using credit cards or something else to handle those emergencies that life throws at you. Yeah, life does throw those emergencies at you. Uh, So the old saying is, if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. Absolutely. Now, this this is not a political show. However, I sometimes wish our politicians practiced this and stop digging and spending more than they had. But this is not a political show, so I won't say that. Well, it's not. Uh, we but all- let, me make, but let me make a comment on that because you're absolutely right. My concern sometimes is that, you know, we're sending mixed messages to our children. Even if we all firmly believe that we need to stay out of debt as consumers, that we need to live within our means, look at what, the way we're running our country. And by the way, that debt is going to be paid off by our children. So we're getting the advantage of the spending. They're the ones who are going to have to pay the bill. And I think that's fundamentally wrong. But enough of politics. We'll leave it at that. So uh, the way you do uh, getting out of debt, uh, first of all, you stop making the debt bigger. And the second thing, and there's there's a difference of opinion on this. First of all, you list all of your debts, all of them. And then you organize them. One school says you take the highest rate first and then pay it off and then pay off the next highest rate all the way down to the lowest rate. The other school says take the smallest balance first and pay it off and then pay off the next smallest balance and so forth because psychologically you see you're making progress sooner than if you pay off the the big ones tend to be the higher rates. Uh, I am in favor of the technique of paying off the small ones, allocating as much as you can to paying off that one. And Well, first of all, you have to pay the minimums on those debts. You pay the minimums, take any excess you have, pay the small one off, and then take the combined excess to the next one and next one. And while it may have taken you 10 or 15 years to get in debt, ultimately, by the time couple of years go by, you can set a goal to be out of debt. And I want to tell you, uh, it is a great thing to be out of debt. You know, ab- absolutely. And, and, and another thing about that technique, while maybe for some people it seems counterintuitive, if you're paying the minimum on each one of those other balances that you have, but the one that has the smallest balance you're able to put more money towards, then when you've paid that off, 
all of the money that you were paying on that smaller balance, you now put on to the next smallest balance. And it's like, um, it's like a snowball. It keeps getting the amount that you're able to pay to each creditor to pay off yeah, that you, balance gets bigger and bigger, and you can start to see the, end, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, which brings up another thing. A lot of people ask me whether or not they should consolidate their debts. And I say, if, if the purpose of the consolidation, first of all, you don't have to pay anybody else to do it, and it is not to get more credit, but to make it easier to pay it off if you have equity in your home or something, it's okay but not if you want to increase the total amount of your debt. You just want to reduce the interest rate or shorten the time period. So don't lengthen the time period and don't add more debt. That's The snowball technique, by the way, I think Dave Ramsey, and he's very, very good. Uh, the snowball technique, I think, is something he coined. Yeah, and you know that's a you know a good point. Um, some of these uh, you know techniques you'll hear you know from different experts um, you know talking about finance and getting out of debt. Um, if you hear something good that works for you, then by all means you know give it a try. The consolidating thing I think is is important that you you put a lot of time into understanding that you know what is. Is you certainly don't want to consolidate your debt and have it end up costing you more. And it requires discipline, as a lot of this does. Back to number one, you got to want to do it. And the got to want to do it in this case means you've consolidated your debt someplace else. you got to want to not use now, you know, your other credit cards that you could to run that balance back up because now you've made it worse. Yeah, yeah, that, that's certainly true. You, you, you've got to have a mindset. You know, the, the marketing folks are, are, and I'm a marketing folk, um, are very skillful in telling us we are entitled to have something. But if you look at buying it on credit, it takes longer. I remember when you bought a rug for your office, they were giving us 30 uh, days, or no, six months, same as cash. And so we took the deal. And six months came and the bill came. In the upper left-hand corner was a box that said, if you pay only the minimum for this rug, your bill will be paid off in 31 years. I will not be here in 31 years, and I'm sure the rug will not be. So the marketing people are skillful in making us want something instead of needing something. They... Uh, you have to have this kind of watch or that kind of camera or this kind of car. And we have to learn to say no and resist ourselves. This will be up in the next segment, really, talking about living within our means. But the, the only way we live beyond our means is to charge things. Stop right. doing it. Get out of debt. Right. Again, so the first step to getting out of debt is stop spending and that means understanding what your limitations are and becoming content with living um, within that, uh, that budget, if you will. Now, some people talk about good debt and bad debt. Now, um, let's face it. It is hard today to have the first house or the first car when you're 18 years old or have a student loan. So you may have to borrow to get some of the things that you need and want. Uh, in early life. But if you let that become a habit where you say, oh, what the heck, I can use the card. Uh, 
that is what I'm talking about. I am out of complete debt. So if you have to borrow, do it for a short period of time or as short as you possibly can, and then you won't form bad, form bad habits of wanting something that, frankly, is way beyond your means, which we'll talk about in the next segment. Finally, comment before we break? Um, no, uh, just, yeah, one thing. It's kind of, um, and it's, I suppose this is really more about the next section. It's that idea of delayed gratification. You know, you don't, our, our, our society with our credit cards and our pension for living that way has enabled us to say, I want it and I want it now, where um, we need to learn more. And it goes back to the idea of setting goals, saving for that purchase, saving for that trip that you want, and putting off having it so that you can pay for it in full and not accrue debt. Because every time you buy something on credit, you're actually paying more than it really is worth. Yeah, I think uh, that's good advice. Delayed gratification. I was involved in the original research and credit cards, and uh, it was designed to get rid of delayed gratification. So you've been listening to money. I'll get it right this time. Money, jobs, (laughs) health, and other issues. Money, jobs, health, and other issues. With me, Gordon Bennett, and our guest, Dr. Pat. She likes that. And we'll be back after a short break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. We're hearing more and more about the cloud and how we're using the cloud in our daily lives, whether we're aware of it or not. How can the cloud help your business? Join Bonnie D. Graham every Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time for In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel, and learn how to make your business soar to new heights. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Hello again. This is Gordon Bennett with my guest, Dr. Pat talking about the fundamentals of finance. You're listening to money, jobs, health, and other issues of life. And today we're talking about the basics of finance. A lot of people think the basics are just investing, but you got to get a lot of other stuff taken care of first. And we've talked about those, and we'll review them in a minute. But I want to move on to the next segment, uh, this segment, uh, with another rule, and that is, Live within your means. 
Pat, it's your turn. Sure. So we were just talking about getting out and staying out of debt. That one and this one, living within your means, kind of go together because until you can live within your means or actually, let's say, you need to live below your means, if you're spending every penny that you're making, you're not going to be able to save for those goals that you set in number three. And you're not going to be able to have extra money to put against your already accumulated debt to pay that down. So the two go hand in hand. Um, It's going to start actually with, you know, how much money do you actually have and knowing where all of your money goes. There's only two things that you can do if you really want to get your financial life under control. You've got to make more or you've got to spend less. Making more, making more comes down to understanding the economic value of work. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm going to talk about that would be good. I mean, you have to be worthwhile to somebody or you're going to be out of work. And so they're back to the educate and educate yourself. And uh, if you're more educated, you're likely to be making more money. But if you think that uh, you're where you're going to be, you've got to learn to live within your means. It's kind of the Tweedledee and Tweedledum thing. They really go together. Some men starting their or women starting their career are very low paid, and they have the expectation of making more and more and more. People late in their career think they're going to make less and less and less. So what you want to do is try to balance those two, and if you live less than your means, that means you can invest more for the future when you're going to make less. Um, I'm reminded of the story. Uh, We went to a, a seminar, and the first step in living within your means is find out where you're spending now. I was in the uh, uh, convenience store, and I said to the clerk uh, right behind a man who bought her – no, it was a woman who bought a couple packs of cigarettes. I said, that's an expensive habit. She said, yeah, I know. My husband and I spend $9.34 a day on cigarettes. Well, this particular uh, seminar leader said he had people in the audience do a survey of what they had done, and you've got to sit down penny by penny for one month. And – the woman came back and said she was spending $1,700 a year in the company's vending machines. $1,700 a year in the company vending machines. Tell me what that did to you. Yeah, so first of all, we have to say, you know, there's no moral judgment on this. We're not saying that it's right or wrong to spend that amount of money on soda pop and pretzels. But what is wrong is when you don't know that that's what you're doing. Once you do, you can make that choice and you can say, I have $1,700 that I'm going to allocate to that. Now you have made the choice rather than just the behavior driving you. So knowing that, I've started this new job and I'm in a location where we have a little um, eating area downstairs and it's got a soda pop machine and it's got some snacks in it. And every time I go, because I'll admit I like having my bottle of soda pop during the day, every time I go to put my money into that machine and it's a dollar fifty, I stop and I think about that woman and her $1,700. And I started adding up. I'm spending a dollar fifty a day times five days a week times how many days in the month. And I just find I can't even do that anymore. So instead, I go down to 
Costco or the drugstore or someplace and buy a case of soda pop and keep it in the refrigerator here where it's cold. And it certainly is a lot expensive, less expensive, and I still get to enjoy my treat during the day. Yeah, there's a lot of help in uh, living within your means. And again, we're going to talk about the marketing people. I had uh, my uh, daughter's husband was into wristwatches, and he would sit at the table with his forearm propped up so that everybody could see his wristwatch that was very expensive and probably bought on time. So he had some debt, but he had a wristwatch, and he defined himself by the wristwatch he was able to wear. Me, I wear a $29 watch, and it keeps better time than his. So you've got to know yourself. Uh, uh, it you've really helps. Have- You've got to have a, a spending strategy, if you will. So it goes, goes back again. It's amazing how many times we come back to that step number three about setting your goals. If your goal was to buy a very expensive watch, then you set aside and accumulate the money to buy it. Um, there are some other strategies that you can have. Uh, you, in, in your book, you have an example of a little card that you can wrap around your credit card that makes it just that much harder to, to use that credit card to buy that impulse pur- purchase. Uh, there are some people who you know, can live entirely on cash, and there are other strategies where you can take a series of envelopes and allocate the money that you have to various different little buckets, paying your rent, buying groceries, your entertainment budget. And if you stick to that, it will help you control where you're spending your money. I know that a lot of people don't like to have a budget or they say that a budget is too much trouble and they can't this and they can't that and they won't this. And they get themselves accidentally in trouble uh, and they, they have to do something. So let me talk about budgets. I believe, and this is just my own bias, but I think what you need to do is set down and divide all of your expenses. First of all, spend a month or two and keep track of any every penny you spend. If you can do that for a longer period of time or you can get those incidental expenses like only once a year you have to pay property tax, for example, allocate money to categories. And I divide that into three categories you have to spend. There are the things you must spend. You got to pay the mortgage. You got to pay the car. You got to pay student loans or whatever else you have to pay child support or uh, alimony or any of those nasty things. But you have to pay those or something evil will happen to you. Somebody's going to come and get you or the thing that you cherish most. The second category is purely discretionary. Let's face it, not every day needs to be a day where you go out to dinner or go to a movie or buy a book or do something else that's impulse or that you don't really need. So the more discretionary uh, dollars you have, the better off you are. And then there's that third category, which is sort of in between. How big does a grocery bill have to be? Well, you need enough for sustenance. You could eat rice every day. But you may not want to eat that every day, but occasionally a steak would be nice. But you don't need to eat a steak every day either. So you decide what you can afford, and the budget has then three categories. Must spend, uh, discretionary, and uh, half and half. If you look at that as a pie chart, 
the more money you have in the discretionary or the more expenses you have in the discretionary category, the fewer you will have in the other category must spend. Now, fast forward a little bit, and you know that you have a certain amount to spend. What happens if somebody's laid off or you lose your job or you break your leg? The person with less mandatory takes a inconvenience in life pretty much the way things go. But the person who has to make all these payments, a mere inconvenience becomes a crisis. You should strive to have more discretionary and less mandatory. What do you think about that approach? Yeah, absolutely. The more um, you have in the discretionary expense area, the more choices that you have. And that's really where freedom comes. When all of your cash, all of your money that's coming in is already accounted for going out the door to somebody else, you don't have a lot of choices. And that's when, you know, sometimes, you know, it feels like work is a drudgery. You're not working for yourself. You're working to pay off all of this debt that you've accumulated. If you can get out of debt and not have those obligations hanging over you, now it's your choice, and it really is freedom. Yep. And so with that, I'm going to move on to another fundamental, and I'll only have a few minutes to talk about it. But one of the things that are lots of books written, there's been everybody's program on investing, and we read lots of things in a newspaper about it. But one of the other fundamentals, fundamental number seven, is to invest for the future. Every investment has three characteristics. Uh, at least according to me, there are three <laughs> characteristics. <laughs> and that is yield, risk, and liquidity. And we'll probably do several shows on just investing philosophy, but how important is to invest for the future, Pat? Well, obviously, um, that's again, that's part of your long-term goals. And whether your goal is saving for retirement putting your children through college, or saving up the money for that dream vacation. It really is about saving money, making it grow so that you can have it for something in the future. You know, this is the place, again, and you mentioned this in the beginning, so I'll touch on it briefly because I think we're coming up on a break. But this is why most people say, uh, oh, I don't know anything about finance. I'm not good with money. And then you'll hear them say, I'm not good with math. That's not what this is about. This goes back, again, to fundamental, I think it's number two, um, educating yourself. And, yes, some investment vehicles and yields and returns and all the stuff that you just mentioned might make people's heads spin. But if they'll do a little bit of time in investing in their own education and then finding out the right questions to ask and finding somebody to help them, you will be amazed at what the, the return will be to you in peace of mind and also being able to accomplish those goals that you have for the future. Yeah, I always tell people never buy anything you can't explain to somebody else. Don't buy anything that you don't understand yourself because there's some salesmen out there who will take advantage of you. But if you figure out how much you're making and what you're setting aside for the future, you've got to set aside a lot of money. And the earlier you start investing, the better off you're going to be. And so we will leave it at that about investing I think everybody knows that interest rates are low and it's hard to pick them. And it's really more techniques than it is fundamentals. But you have to go to the fundamental that says, I'm going to invest that money I'm setting aside for me first in the future so I'll be able to retire and enjoy my life. 
We're coming up another break here now. And so you're listening to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. And I'm Gordon Bennett, your host. And I'm here with Dr. Pat. And we'll be back after a short break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Good afternoon. This is Gordon Bennett. Back with you for the last segment of Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Issues of Life, talking Dr. Pat, about some of the fundamentals. You know, every book you read has the motivation in it of things that you won't uh, enjoy unless you follow their rules and they've got techniques in how to do those things. But today I want to talk about just the fundamentals. Like uh, golf has fundamentals. You take a weapon and a sphere and hit it in a hole. That's all there is to the fundamentals. And we boil down the fundamentals of uh, money into eight segments. And uh, last segment we talked about investing and I would just encourage you to educate yourself more about the investing or listen to some of the shows where I've had authors of some of the books on uh, which will talk about investing. Uh, It's easy to learn and if you learn it well enough for your station in life, I by the way am a great believer in having an advisor who doesn't sell something to help you with your investments, and that's particularly true as you get closer to retirement. The and last, it, let me let me just jump in here because something occurred to me as well as you were saying. It is a very individual thing, and maybe you know of all of the fundamentals. You know, certainly you got yourself into debt, and you've got to figure out how to get out of your own personal debt. But investing in the future, also, it really is about you. It's about what your goals are, and it's about knowing yourself and your risk tolerance, your station in life. Your investment plan needs to be crafted very personally for 
you. It's not the same thing as your neighbor or your doctor or the person on television. It's really about you as an individual. And so you do need help and you do need a lot of time to think about it. Don't let your fear of, I don't understand that stuff, prevent you from doing this well. Yeah, there's too much education available out there to educate yourself. And even if you have a personal financial advisor or a lawyer or accountant in later life, they have their biases too. And you can talk much more intelligently to them if you have done your homework and know what is best for you. Your risk tolerance is very important. The last fundamental I added just recently when I was thinking about things, and that is protect your assets. Fundamental number eight is protect your assets. What is your most valuable asset? What is your most valuable asset? Pat, I'll let you answer that one. Sure. Um, It's really interesting. I mean, you know, you might think about, well, it must be my house because that's the most I suppose, expensive thing I own. Or maybe it's, you know, something else that I, that I acquired that's, that's very valuable. But when you think about it, your most valuable asset in terms of your ability to earn income is yourself. So that includes your health. It includes your education, your ability to work. You are your most important asset. And yeah. if, if you lose that, any part of that, it can be devastating. You know, the last year brought that close to home for me. And although I'm retired, last year I was diagnosed with cancer. And then the after I got over that, I was diagnosed with having a stroke. And at the same time, we met somebody at church who told we a friend of ours, actually. Her husband died when I guess she was in her 30s. She has three children and no insurance, and then she lost her job. Tell me that can't happen to you. So you've and got to... Pre- you know, amazingly enough, it, it happens to so many people and at so many different stages in life. And I don't know that I ever really gave a lot of thought to insurance, to life insurance, until I started meeting some people who were in some really difficult situations. This this friend of a friend at church, as you just said, she now has these children. She, um, you know, she was uh, making a living, certainly not as much as, as what she and her husband were making together. And then she lost that job. She's devastated. What's she going to do? If he had actually given a little bit more thought to it, and Ben, Ben, I'll say it, a little bit more responsible and had life insurance, she and her children would have been a whole lot better off. And I'll give you one other situation because it's a woman in a very different place in life. She's retired. She and her husband had both retired from their jobs, and they started, decided they wanted to start a small business. They took all of their life savings, and they put it into this business. He didn't have life insurance either. He was diagnosed with cancer, and unfortunately, his outcome wasn't as good as yours, and he died very shortly after that. Again, All of their money went into the business, and he was an integral part of that. She is now living strictly on her Social Security income, and it is very, very difficult for her. If he had been a little bit more responsible, if they had thought a little bit more about protecting their assets, meaning themselves, she would be in a much better place today. Yeah, and we've talked about life insurance. I remember when I was a banker and we were going to make a loan. If our loan was to a business, we required key man insurance. We required key man insurance because how else was our loan going to be paid for? The other thing you 
take care of them. We had a show several weeks ago. Uh, I interviewed uh, Doug Cook, and he is an insurance broker, CPA. And we talked about a lot of other things, such as uh, wedding insurance and car insurance and ha- wedding insurance. That's right, wedding insurance. I, at the time, had a house guest whose best friend uh, lost $30,000 because the groom-to-be backed out of a wedding. He lost 30000 in deposits. Uh, if he can afford that, that's fine. But why do it when you can buy insurance? We knew of a house that burned down in one of the California fires. It wasn't insured because the guy said to the fireman, I haven't needed the insurance before. And he took the loss himself. So that is called first party insurance. The things that you have should be insured unless you want to give them up and never replace them. But you also have to look at yourself and protect yourself from harm that you do to others. If you, uh, I was down in the Caribbean and I wrote a, well, I didn't do any harm to anybody else. So <laughs> anyway, uh, the harm that you do to others, you want to have uh, an insurance policy uh, that will at least pay to defend yourself. So any thoughts more on that, Pat? No, but I think, uh, you know, think about all of your assets. Think about how you can protect them. And uh, definitely review that show on insurance. It was a very, very good one and covered the whole idea of protecting your assets from a, a number of different um, uh, perspectives that I, I think a lot of us hadn't thought of before. Um, who knew that you could uh, get insurance against losing a deposit on a, uh, on a um, wedding reception because the groom backed out at the last minute? Yeah. Oh, and it's real cheap. Uh, yeah, it is. I've, I've talked to him since then. And uh, we have a cousin or my wife has a cousin who has two daughters. And uh, I think he'll buy wedding insurance. I have to finish the story about riding into the Caribbean. I rented a Segway on an island in the Caribbean. These Segways are two wheel vehicles and they have an all terrain version. And uh, I'm away from home. I'm in the Caribbean. And uh, it requires balance to ride those things. Well, I didn't have very good balance, and I found myself in three feet of water with the Segway underwater. Now, that is damage to somebody else's property. But I have a personal umbrella policy, which if I had to pay for that Segway, would probably cover it. So you need to look at lots of things that are uh, involved. The other thing, uh, any more uh, insurance? As I, said, as I said, I have had a show on completely on insurance. And again, you can learn a lot. But let me review the – I'm stuttering again. Let me review the eight fundamentals. One, you've got to want to do it. Two, you've got to set goals. Three, you've got to educate yourself on things you're going to do and buy. Four, you've got to pay yourself first from your pay. Five, you've got to live within your means. Six, you've got to get out of debt. I think I got those reversed, but they go together so closely. You've got to get out of debt and live within your means. Then you have to uh, invest for the future so you have money when you can't work. Money has to work. And finally, you have to protect the assets that you get. That's what there is to money. There isn't anything more except a lot of techniques. Pat, what do you have to think? 
Well, I think that uh, that really covers most of the fundamentals, and um, so I would encourage um, our listeners, again, to review some of the, the shows that have been archived here at voiceamerica.com to, uh, to listen in to future shows. And, uh, Gordon, where can they uh, go to get information maybe um, about the book that you've written about this if they want to review it more? Well, first I'll comment on the show. The show is at 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon. And but it is archived. It is archived on iTunes, and so you can listen to it any day of the week, twenty-four hours a day, and you can pull it up and listen to it as you see fit, and you can listen to individual uh sessions. I wrote a book a few years ago called Give Yourself a Raise, How to Have More Money, More Freedom, and Less Stress. Uh you can buy a copy of that on Amazon, or you can go to my website, which is ptff.net. I'll repeat that. Peter, Tom, Frank, Frank, PTFF. That means Path to Financial Freedom. We can all get there. Yeah, some things are going to happen that we don't have any control over. But, you know, most of the people that I know who are in really desperate straits are the result of mistakes they've made, not things that happened to them. They have... uh maybe not known the fundamentals or they've known the fundamentals, but in final analysis, they did themselves in. And I encourage all of you to follow the uh, basic steps that we've laid out for you and you'll enjoy a uh, better life. Pat, you can conclude this. I think that's it. Um, and again, thank you, Gordon, for your time and your insights. Um, I have nothing more to add. And so... You've been listening to Money Jobs, Health and Other Issues with Gordon Bennett, your host, and Dr. Pat, who have her comments on things. And we will be back with you again next week. So with that, I say goodbye. Thank you for listening to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. Please join your host, Gordon Bennett, again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, are you going to make a bad choice or a great choice with your money? Come back next week for more. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.